it's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to a new and special edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. We didn't think we were going to get an episode in midweek due to a high school basketball schedule, but we are fitting it in because it's that important. Today, we are joined by the one and only Brad Taylor, host of the uh, bottom line with Brad Taylor that you can listen to live every Saturday and Sunday at 9 a.m. on ESPN Radio Lexington 1300. And I always forget the FM numbers, Brad. What's the FM numbers? 92.5. 92.5. And if you're in the Lexington area, uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday. So Thursday at 4 p.m., uh, Brad will have a, uh, a replay of his bracket special uh, show. And uh, looking forward to listening to that myself tomorrow evening. Uh, Brad, how you doing today? Doing very well. There's nothing like bracket week. You know, the days oh. between Selection Sunday and then between the uh, the first round, there's nothing like those four days of anticipation. Second guessing, you, you have one bracket on Monday, and then by Thursday morning it's completely different. It's the best of times here with brackets on uh, Selection Sunday through Friday, yes. Well, my kids and I, we're filling out our brackets tonight uh, to have them ready, and I have no idea who I'm going to pick at this point. I have, I've looked through it. I've, I've checked it out. So I said, I cannot fill out my bracket until I talk to Brad. Uh, so and I have said this before, and I mean it. Uh, I think, Brad, you are the most unbiased person in sports talk. I've never met someone who literally does not have a favorite team they cheer for. Uh, and all you care about, of course, all you care about, you're, you're my gambling degenerate friend. All you care about is making some money. See, you had first of all, you had to put degenerate with gambling. It's always not just a gambler, a degenerate gambler. I never understood why people have to use that, but uh, yeah, it's I root. I do have a team I root for. Whoever I pick to win that night, that's my favorite team that day. It changes day to day, and that's fine. But yeah, it's if you're trying to cash tickets, so to speak, you can't have favorite teams because it you become biased and it influences your decision making process, and that never works out in the long run. And when you come to the the days leading up to the NCAA tournament, you do not have the feeling that I have as a Kentucky Wildcat fan that, you know, what's the purpose of this? What's the point of this? My team's not in it. Is that even worth watching? <laughs> well, and, and but that takes away something from somebody like myself. You know, I have a rule when entering these bracket pools here in Lexington in the area, never take Kentucky further than how far they're supposed to go. Because everybody else around here, oh, if Kentucky makes the tournament as a 12 seed, oh, they're going all the way. Doesn't matter. So that's a, an advantage that I feel like that I'm being uh, cheated out of this year with Kentucky not being in the tournament. Because if they had made it in as an 11 seed, everybody's going to take them to go to the Final Four. And now here I am just scooping up the money that they left over for being an idiot. Well, that doesn't <laughs> help me out any this year because they're not in the tournament. 
All right, let's start with the one seeds. I've said uh, that I believe this year is more than ever more likely for a one seed, actually all one seeds, to make it to the Final Four and a one seed to win the championship. Uh, so we've got, you know, Gonzaga, who's undefeated, Baylor, who's had a great year, and then two Big Ten teams, Illinois and Michigan. Out of the one seeds, uh, what's your confidence level, I guess, with the one seeds this year? Uh, Gonzaga, obviously, the whole thing kind of revolves around them right now. Uh, but in terms of confidence in all four making it, it's only happened once since they expanded the field uh, in 1985. So I don't see all four number ones happening. It's not, you know, it's there's too much stuff that could go on. I feel good about Gonzaga, but the rest of them would not surprise me at all if they did not make it. One of the three did not make it. All the three of them not making it would be a little bit of a surprise, but not at all if one or two of those don't make it. There are some pretty solid two seeds this year. Of course, there's always upsets and things that happen as well. Um, what is – how important or how much do you play in the COVID factor when you're talking about picking games and uh, things like that? Because I was a little surprised it hasn't affected the brackets yet. Well, I mean, we're all – none of us know what to expect right now. There was all this talk about Virginia, and they're in the tournament right now. Virginia is going to fly in. Uh, they have a game Saturday. They're flying in Friday. So, I mean, if they can't play, does that mean Louisville takes over their spot? If it does, they're probably headed to the Sweet 16. What does that do to everybody's brackets? Now everybody's in an uproar. None of us know what to expect. If one team goes down, what does that do to everybody's brackets? So that's why the NCAA last week said, as long as you've got five, that's all we need, just five guys. you got to bring a you know equipment manager out. Just give us five guys so we don't have to ruin everything and ruin everybody's brackets because let's just face it, they don't play this tournament for anything other than the money. And what does why is the, does everybody watch this tournament? Because everybody, including Marge from accounting at your office, everybody's got a bracket. And that's why everybody watches this tournament and doesn't watch anything during the regular season. But now everybody wants to watch. Why? We all got a bracket. So, yeah, what in terms of COVID, your guess is as good as mine. But I know one thing, they do not want to have to change anything around with these brackets with one team missing out. Well, and the funny thing is, <laughs> they uh, they made a mistake for the second time in their history scheduling BYU to possibly play on a Sunday and they said, I've already said that if BYU makes it to the Sweet State West, uh, they're playing so BYU doesn't have to play. They don't think BYU is making it that far. Yeah, the BYU. Th Where do you have BYU in it? Uh, the BYU thing? Uh, yeah, that's that's an oversight. And guess who the tournament chairman is? Mitch, Bar Mitch Barnhart here at Lexington. Yeah, what a shocker that he didn't uh, catch that one. Uh, it's all right. Once every 10 years, they screw that up. So it's no big deal. Yeah, BYU is <laughs> one of those teams. Uh, they're a sixth seed right now. Yeah, they're not making it to the second weekend anyway. So you may not have to worry about it any at all. <laughs> they're not too concerned about it. All right, let's go to the first four uh, because most people – Kind of ignore the first four as, as a whole. This year, you've got at least in one of the games, Michigan State and UCLA playing each other. Uh, is there anything to really pay attention to in the first four this season? 
Uh, for me personally, I love UCLA in this one because you've got a team, uh, Michigan State, they're one of the Blue Bloods, and we don't even think of UCLA as a Blue Blood anymore. That's the crazy thing about it. But uh, Michigan State is a team that uh, barely got in here at the end. UCLA, we're looking for in this tournament, and especially the first round, we're looking for a couple things. Are we fading the public? Because the public is always wrong, and they always go to the big-name teams like Michigan State early in this tournament. And when you're looking for upsets, teams that are underdogs that play at a very slow pace and play defensive-oriented basketball, we refer to the Ken Palm ratings all the time on this show, and uh, the phone will tell you so. At UCLA... Uh, getting a couple of uh, two and a half points right now. Yeah, that's the team I'm looking for. Slow-paced dog, Mick Cronin, the coach. Always been, in Cincinnati teams, always played at a slow pace. Give me two and a half and uh, UCLA against Michigan State. Yeah, I'll take that. Uh, point spread and money line winner. Love the UCLA game. And Drake, another team uh, in these play-in games. They're playing Wichita State. They're getting a point right now. I'll take Drake. That's another slow-paced dog with the public all over Wichita State because – the name on the front of the jersey says Wichita. We remember Wichita. We don't remember Drake. Drake uh, was 20-6 and six against the spread this year. Yeah, give us Drake in those play-in game, too. Drake at UCLA. My favorite plays in the play-in games. Now, if I remember right, uh, on your radio show that you do regularly every weekend, you had the Drake situation pretty much pegged down. They were undefeated for a long time this season, and you were there ready for, for their first loss. Yeah, you always there's always a regression to the mean. When a team is gets the spread now, when a team starts 13, 15 and 0 like Drake did, that's going to come back. That's going to come back to normal and you have to be ready to just play again fade that because I'm sorry, the value's no longer there with a team like Drake. So yeah, but right now they lost enough games during the regular season against the spread. They're going to take down Wichita based on the fact the public is all over Wichita in this game, just like the public is all over Michigan State in these play-in games on uh, Thursday afternoon. I have to admit I'm a little surprised you'd, you'd go against Tom Izzo. Uh, he seems like a pretty solid solid play, but I don't know the stats on that. Well, in this, in this game, it's all about pace of play. Michigan State likes to run it up down a lot more than you'd think. UCLA does not, and you'd think it's the other way around, just, you know, uh, conventional knowledge, conventional wisdom, but the numbers say just the opposite. That's why I like, love UCLA. And don't be surprised, we talked about it a minute ago, if UCLA goes in the second round and knocks out BYU uh, to make the, the next week uh, a whole a missing concept whatsoever. Yeah, I think Michigan State or UCLA could both be potential winners over BYU in the first round, uh, but I'm not a big on BYU, to, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, all right, let's go through just uh, – we don't we don't have to go through each pick, obviously. Uh, we talked about the one seeds already. Uh, Alabama and Houston, both are two seeds. Both, I feel like, have great potential in this. What, what's kind of the, the makeup you think for those two teams here in the tournament? Love Houston. And a lot of people around here, especially because they're in the SEC, a lot of people on Alabama because you look at Nate Oates, pace of play. They run it up and down the court. They beat Kentucky twice this year. And you saw them in the SEC tournament just – boat race a few teams so everybody's on Alabama Houston nobody really knows because we have nobody around here has watched a lot of Houston basketball this year but they're one of only three teams that finished in the top 10 in the Ken Palm ratings both offensive and defensive efficiency so they're a balanced team top 10 in the nation of both those stats Kelvin Sampson their coach eh, gets into a little trouble every now and then but he still coaches 
a very good style for this tournament. Now, he's blew a few games in this tournament as well, but though his style of play and the fact that they're so solid on both ends of the court. Houston is a team I like. When they, If you see them in the Midwest in a regional final against Illinois in, in um, Houston in that final game, that's one. I would take Houston blindly right now, straight up and against the spread. Houston is that good, and everybody's on Illinois right now. You're hearing, hearing whispers of national championships. You t- look at a number two seed to make the final four. I love Houston in that spot in the Midwest. I mean, Houston's path to the Elite Eight, it, it, I mean, it's relatively simple. Yes, <laughs> yes, I mean, they Clemson got a nice Rutgers, Yeah, uh, Clemson and Rutgers are no good. Uh, you know, West Virginia, Moorhead State, San Diego State, Syracuse. I mean, Houston, they've had a great season, too. Um, and Illinois is kind of the, the team I'm leaning towards right now. I might have to change that uh, after hearing this advice uh, from you. Uh, the commentators on the TV show, The Selection Sunday, Brought out a few names, and it's got everybody stirred up. So you got uh, – we'll start with Winthrop. Winthrop and Villanova. The reason why a lot of people are on Winthrop right now, it's not a play on Winthrop as much as it's a play against Villanova because Villanova has their two-point guards out with injury right now. If there's ever a time – I don't play favorites, especially the first round of this tournament. If I'm ever going to take a favorite in this tournament, it's going to be Villanova over Winthrop. That line right now at six. If they play this game – Three weeks ago, Villanova is a double-digit favorite in this game. You know, losing those two players does not mean a four-plus point difference in the point spread. I think you're getting a lot of value with Villanova in this uh, game, and not only the first round is to go to the second round and beat Purdue potentially in that second-round matchup to go to the Sweet 16. Villanova is a team I like in the early rounds because everybody's down on them, and that's what we like here on the bottom line. We like to go against the public. Uh, Seth Davis talked about Colgate potentially beating Arkansas, and that got a lot of people going. Aaron Torres, who was a guest on our show before, host of the Aaron Torres podcast, he he was like, there's no way in the world that uh, Arkansas is going to lose that game to Colgate. Any thoughts on Colgate? Uh, I like Colgate because the public is all on Arkansas. Arkansas is one of those hip teams. They're kind of like Alabama, one of those teams that's got a coach that's up and coming, although Musselman's been around for a while. He's been in Arkansas just a short time. But Colgate, uh, fading the public on that one. You're going to give me eight and a half in Colgate? Uh, yeah, I'll take that. And I'll also take under because both these teams, uh, they're, it's the highest point total projected uh, in this tournament first round, 162 and a half. Both these teams get up and down the court. But m- quite often in these first round games, over 60% of the time, when you see a total of 160 or higher, it's go it goes under the, uh, the total out in the desert over 60% of the time mainly because it's the NCAA tournament. People kind of get a little tighter in these in these games. Yeah, we'll take under in that one, the big totals in the tournament. Colgate and under, we like that game very much. The big upset that I'm leaning towards right now is the 14-seed Abilene Christian over the three-seed Texas. Tell me why I'm right. Uh, they're a slow-paced <laughs> dog. Abilene Christian went on the road to Texas Tech this year. They only lost that game by seven. Texas Tech in the same ballpark as Texas, if you ask me. Uh, so we got a slow-paced dog, Abilene Christian, getting five, getting eight and a half against Texas right now. Texas might be a fraud. There's a team I don't think that's a good chance. They may not make it to, uh, through the first weekend of this tournament. Yeah, I'm with you on this one for once, uh, Vince Dover. <laughs> Abilene Christian plus the eight and a half. I like that one. Maybe not a straight-up winner, but a one to keep it close, if you know what I mean. Uh, any stats or any thoughts on Shaka Smart? 
Shaka Smart, when he's been at, while at Texas, has not been very good against the point spread. I don't have that number right in front of me, but he has not been good. Now, when he was at VCU, he was a monster against the point spread. He was, especially that one year, he made that run to the Final Four. He, they, they covered every game that year, uh, except the one they lost to Butler. But yeah, Shaka Smart, in his time at Texas, kind of he's better than Rick Barnes was. But, of course, he didn't have much to improve on because Rick Barnes was so terrible against the point spread in Texas. But, uh, yeah, Shaka Smart, in his time in Texas, has not been a good investment, both regular season or in the tournament. And I don't think it's going to continue this year either. Heard a lot of people talking Grand Canyon to upset Iowa. Um, I mean, I just don't see them beating Iowa. I don't know what the spread is. I know you do. What's your thoughts uh, there with Grand Canyon, their chances against the two seed? Grand Canyon getting 15 out in the desert. It's one of the uh, higher uh, spreads out in the desert. But Grand Canyon really set up to cover in this game. I'm not going to say win, but uh, they were 15-5 and five against the spread this year. And they're one of our favorites, slow-paced dog. We would say, say a slow-paced dog, 72 possessions or less on the season. You get all that, uh, you know, we're Ken Palm guys on this show. So, yeah, slow-paced dog. We look at pace of play, fading the public. A lot of people on Iowa. Grand Canyon only allowed 56 points in their conference championship game, so it's not like they're allergic to defense. Yeah, I'm with you, but the same as Abilene Christian. They're not going to win the game, but they're going to keep it closer than the experts think. Grand Canyon plus 15 is a good play for us. A couple coaching questions for you. So uh, Iona, head coach Rick Patino, he became one of just three head coaches uh, to take five different programs to the NCAA tournament. He's going to line up against Alabama. Here's my philosophy. Here, there's the question I'm getting to. Uh, coaches who are being rumored to take other jobs. You've got it going on in Baylor. You've got it going on uh, at Iona, even though he's come out and said he's not changing schools, whatever. Um, and I'm sure you've got it at other schools as well. So when you're when you're putting into consideration your picks for the tournament, you take into consideration that, hey, maybe the players could be bothered by the rumors that the coach is leaving at the end of the year or or – do you think that has nothing to do with it? Personally, I don't because I'm a numbers guy and, you know, I'm going to always kind of look past stuff like that. My point of reference is Michigan in 1989 when Bill Frieder, right before the tournament started, says, hey, I'm going to coach my team through the tournament, but when the tournament's over, I'm going to Arizona State. Well, Bo Schembechler infamously then said, you know what, a Michigan man will coach Michigan. You go ahead, go on out to Arizona State, uh, Mr. Assistant, whatever your name is, uh, Fisher, Steve Fisher. Yeah, you come on yeah. up and coach the team. Yeah, uh, six games later, national champions. That's my point of reference. Does coaching uh, kind of chaos, does it really matter this time of year? Maybe to uh, people like us, the fans, but to uh, our friends out in the desert, eh, maybe not so much. Uh, speaking of coaching, Bill Self coaches Kansas. They're a three seed. Uh, one of, I think, the biggest frauds in the tournament every single year, honestly. Uh, Kansas is a three seed going up against Eastern Washington. Not necessarily your thoughts on the first round game, but your thoughts on Bill Self and the tournament. Uh, overall, there's nobody that has underachieved more in this tournament than Bill Self in the last 15 years. You could put Shashevsky uh, up there. You could put Calipari up there. But Bill Self has cost you more money than anybody else. In 10 of the last 15 tournaments he's been in, when he loses, he's a favorite 10 of those times. So 10 years he's been favored to win and was ousted. Now, Calipari and Coach K, they've done it nine. So they're right up there too. But Coach Self is the uh, only guy who has lost that many times. 
Long term, uh, Bill Self in Kansas, this is a, at best, a Sweet 16 team this year. I do not see them getting past Iowa in the third, in the uh, Sweet 16 round, if that comes to pass, which it may not. USC is a popular team right now. People are saying they they could knock off Kansas in the second round. Um, you know, Drake Drake keeps up there with their play from earlier in the season. Maybe they could even upset them. Who knows? Um, how about Will Wade at LSU? Should not have a job. Should not be allowed in college basketball anymore. Yet here he is. He's an eight seed. His team has played fairly well this year and really pushed Alabama in the, the SEC tournament. Uh, I mean, in my opinion, Will Wade needs to lose in the first round just so we don't have to look at him anymore. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I told my dad, if if the phrase is true, cheaters never prosper, Will Wade loses game one this, this, this time around. Well, the phrase is not true, So, but cheaters <laughs> sometimes do prosper. Look at some of these national champions in the past. Well, that's another story for another day. Cheaters sometimes do prosper, but in this case, I'm with you. I love St. Bonaventure in the first round of this game. You talk about disrespect and Mitch Barnhart uh, getting the seeds wrong. He gave LSU a huge disrespect by putting them as an eight seed. They deserve to seed better than that. But, yeah, St. Bonaventure, we like them. Uh, they're a slow-paced dog. The public's all over LSU, mainly because people know LSU. Nobody knows St. Bonaventure. Our Ken Palm even says uh, St. Bonaventure will win this game. We'll take that point and a half in the Bonnies. Uh, I love them in this first round. LSU and your boy Will Wade has been terrible in the NCAA tournament, uh, only winning one game, and he's supposed to. And he's, the last three times he's been in, he was favored to win. That's when he lost. All right, give me uh, some upsets that you're looking for, teams you're confident in uh, moving forward here, especially in the first round. Well, a lot of people uh, are pointing to this Rutgers and Clemson game, the t- the 7-10 game. Uh, in the Midwest region. People don't understand. Just because it says 10 next to your name doesn't mean that you're the underdog. Out in the desert, Rutgers is favored in this game. So that's the desert. That's the odds makers telling you, hey, I don't care what the Mitch Barnhart people told you. We're telling you Rutgers is the better team. You do, I'd rather follow the odds makers than the seed makers. So yeah, that's that's not an upset. It's an upset by the seeds, but it's uh, not an upset out in the desert. But in terms of real upsets in the first round, uh, there are a lot of teams that I like uh, to keep games close. But in terms of actual, I, you know, Missouri has a great shot against Oklahoma. Uh, you look at a team, we talked about UCLA over Kansas. They might have a great shot uh, the next week, the next game against BYU. Uh, Maryland over UConn is a game we like. St. Bonaventure over LSU, a game we were talking about. Wisconsin and North Carolina, here's a, t- a team that you like. I think Wisconsin the slow-paced dog. You've got the public all over North Carolina because everybody this year has seen Wisconsin and said, oh, they're terrible. Every big game they've played, they've been terrible. Well, they still play at that snail's pace, and they're going up against North Carolina who likes to run up and down the court. And that's what we look for, the change of styles, the change of places of play, paces of play. Uh, those usually come through in the first round of this tournament. And don't sleep on Utah State against Texas Tech. This line is down to four and a half. So you'd say, okay, how is Texas Tech only four and a half over Utah State? Somebody knows something. We don't know, but somebody out in the desert knows. So when you see a line like that, oh, that's such great value with Texas Tech. Oh, no, there's a reason why. Never think that they've missed one because they don't miss out there in the desert. Those are just some of the games in the first round. There's a lot of games uh, that I look at and say, wow, this team could really take somebody down in the first round. On average, in the last 15 years, 
there have been eight times when a lower-seeded team has beaten a a higher-seeded team in the first round. So if you take all favorites by the seeds, you're going to go 24-8 and in this first round. So, yeah, there's upsets. You just got to find them. This year has been so different, and one of the things is when you're – I know you hate the eye test, but if you're going by the eye test, most of these teams only played in their conferences. And so you're not you're not seeing the full uh, you know range of competition in the regular season, and I'm curious how that's going to play out in the tournament. That's kind of why I'm leaning more towards the one seeds this year than I normally would, because they in most cases they've played higher talent throughout the season compared now. But Gonzaga have they played the higher talent this year? I don't know about that, um, but definitely Illinois, Michigan they played for some really solid talent this year. So do you think that's going to affect when we get in here into the tournament time, if these teams are going up against higher level talent, maybe they played most of the season. If you look at the Ken Palm ratings, yeah, you've got Gonzaga, but everybody after that, you've got all the big 10 teams right there. You've got Ohio state, you've got Michigan and Illinois. You've got, uh, they're all right there. Purdue's up there. Wisconsin's up there. You've got all these teams right there. And like you said, we don't have any examples of them leaving their conference, not nearly as much as we do usually. So it's just them beating each other up. So how do we judge that going forward? Yes, Gonzaga played uh, four really good Power 5 conference teams. Three of them are in their own region right now, and they'll beat all three of them by double digits. The two, three, and four seeds in that region, they've already played them this year. They've already beat them both pretty, all three of them, really bad by double digits. So you look at a team like Gonzaga, well... They haven't played anybody, but they've played everybody in their region already. So we're trying to get them to the final four, it looks like. Yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting to see which conferences play well and don't play well. I have a bad feeling about the SEC going in this tournament as well. But, I yeah, Alabama and what else? So, yeah, these conferences, it's going to be right. very revealing in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and coaching is going to be an important role, I think, in this tournament as much as it's ever been as well. Usually coaches get in the way. But this year, I think you're going to have the coaches that stand out as good coaches. I think you're going to see them definitely prosper uh, here moving forward as well. Uh, Brad, I've got to get to a district high school championship game. Uh, but what? thank you for being you're, with us. You're big timing yeah. me for a high school game? No, I, I've never been more insulted in all my life. Uh, you can catch Brad show if you're in the Lexington area. You catch it on ESPN Radio Lexington. That is 1300 AM, 92.5 FM. He's got uh, the bottom line with Brad Taylor on every Saturday and Sunday at 9 a.m. each day. And uh, two separate shows, by the way. It's not a replay on Sunday. It's two separate shows, Saturday and Sunday. And then uh, also he has the bracket special with uh, the Herald leaders, uh, John Clay, right? Uh, yes. That'll be Thursday on at four, Thursday. Yes. Thursday. Thursday at 4, 4 o'clock. PM. And, uh, yeah, we're, we talk about all the brackets and uh, whether you're just filling out your office pool or putting a little cash on these point spreads, we spend an entire hour talk, talking about all the brackets and everything there is, too. So, yeah, Thursday at 4 on ESPN Radio 1392.5. And, uh, by the way, just so you know, we'll be reporting live from the Belterra Casino this Saturday morning. Uh, LM Communications is sending us up there live from the sports book. So, yes, what better place is there to be than a sports book on the first round of the NCAA tournament? They're really doing us well. We're at uh, ESPN Radio. We're very grateful. So, please tune in if you get a chance and you're interested in uh, trying to pick some winners this week. Uh, people who aren't in the Lexington area, if they want to catch up on your bracket special or on your show uh, and later, how can they listen outside of the Lexington area? 
WLXG.com. You can listen live there, and all my podcasts and uh, shows are taped and posted there almost immediately after uh, they are done. So uh, the people over there are really good to put my shows up. So, yeah, uh, yeah, those shows are up, and uh, especially when you're trying to pick these first and second round games, it's a good listen. So uh, I'm very grateful to them for that. So thank you, Vince. You're welcome. The most unbiased man in sports talk, Brad Taylor, host of The Bottom Line with Brad Taylor. Brad, thank you so much, and uh, looking forward to talking to you again shortly. Anytime, my friend. Thank you.